Beginning at the ninth verse, I ask that you hear these words of our Lord. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up at heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humble, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the word of God still speaking today. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Luke tells us that this story that Jesus tells is for a very specific group of people. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Then he gives us this story of the Pharisee, this well-respected religious man, and the tax collector. In that culture, they were thought of as being lower than the lowest. As they took the taxes for the Roman Empire, and then they also took some for their own wealth, and many of them were well off because of their forcing the people to pay them tax. But both of these men were going to the temple to pray. And I have to admit, whenever I hear the, a story as I'm reading God's word or I hear a Pharisee, as soon as I hear that word, I think, oh, that's a bad religious person. Maybe Pharisees kind of get a bad rap in God's story. Pharisees, along with other religious leaders, there were Sadducees, Pharisees, there were others, but they were the two main ones. These religious leaders, they played a part in deciding, hey, this Jesus, he's causing us a lot of problems. He's causing turmoil in the people. They're starting to question our religion. We got to think of a way to get rid of him. So they are part of the conspiracy to have Jesus arrested and put to death. Yet, they were only doing what they thought was right. They were defending their religious doctrine. They were doing what they thought God wanted them to do. They had God's word. They had sacred scrolls what we call the Old Testament, especially the Torah, which is just the first five books of the Old Testament, that's where they were given what they call the law. And their faith was the foundation was in that Torah. But then there was other scrolls, other scriptures, and 
People interpreted it different, just like we interpret our Bible different today. The Torah said, you, you need to do this to be right with God. And how they interpreted it and how they did that was in dispute in some ways. And something that stands out about the Pharisee in this story is that he said, hey, I fast twice a week and I tithe part of everything I have, everything I own, I give that 10%. Those are good religious practices. I struggle just trying to fast once or twice a year. This Pharisee is someone who said, my faith says I need to do this, but I want to do more. Those practices could be good, worthy examples to follow in our own faith life. And the Orthodox Study Bible, as I was reading, studying this week, it actually says this about the Pharisee. His good deeds, fasting and giving tithes, are primary weapons against the passions of lust and greed. However, without a humble and a repentant heart, these outward, outward practices are worthless and lead only to pride and judgment of other people. Without humility and repentance, whatever good deeds are done, they're saying are worthless. That's kind of what we could say the moral of this story is. Without having an attitude of humility and repentance, whatever good we do, God might view as worthless. Again, in the words of Jesus, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up at heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Repentance and humility. In this story, Jesus is saying, these are the qualities that God is seeking, searching for, seeking after in his people. Yet, repentance and humility don't really stand out in our world. Yet that's what Jesus is saying is important. And he gives us the contrast. Here's this tax collector, this sinful man, and this good religious man, faithful man, the Pharisee. The Pharisee, he's going into the temple, which is the religious center of their faith. He's going there to pray, and yet he separates himself from the people. And he prays these words. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of everything I have. Besides boasting about his own goodness... His own good works, this good, faithful, religious man is thanking God that he's not like other people. That's the problem. He's thinking that he is better 
than other people, especially when it comes to God viewing him. Thank you, God, I'm not like them. I can't speak for other Christian denominations, but what I've experienced here in the United Methodist Church is we sure do like to judge people. Jesus, I know you said not to judge, but haven't you seen those traditional churches, what they're doing? They're nothing but hateful. They don't want to allow people to be clergy because of their sexual orientation. They don't even want to let same-sex people who are good and faithful people get married in the church. They're just awful. Thank you, God, that I'm not like those traditionalists. Jesus, I said you know not to judge, but haven't you seen what those progressive church leaders are trying to do in our church, in your church, Jesus? They want to marry same-sex couples in your church. They want to say it's okay to ordain practicing homosexuals in your church, Jesus. Thank God we are not like those people. No matter what side of the debate you are on, division in our denomination can be traced to one thing, judgment. God, I thank you I'm not like those people. What I have come to understand is that where we are today as a denomination is because of people judging people. Our denomination is fracturing. Our denomination is dividing because we're judging our brothers and sisters who are themselves followers of Jesus Christ. John Wesley, the founder of our faith, said this in one of his sermons. We should be rigorous in judging ourselves and gracious in judging others. Rigorous in judging ourselves and gracious in judging others. I don't know, Mr. Wesley, I'm not sure that's working out the way you want it to for your United Methodist Church. When we start evaluating our faith based on how other people are living out their life and their faith, it's going to lead to problems in our faith and in our life. God, I thank you. I'm not like those other people. The Pharisee and the tax collector parable that Jesus told is showing us, illustrating for us, that we are not supposed to judge other people. God wants us to worry about our own salvation, our own growing in grace and mercy, our own knowledge of God's will for our life. Instead of worrying about what other people are doing, how they're trying to live their faith in their life. It's up to each and every one of us as individuals to do our best to obey God's will in our life. And as I was working on the message this week, I, I read this, and this comes from a, 
A medical doctor wrote a book many years ago. His name is Gerald uh, Japowski, and the title of the book is Love is Letting Go of Fear. And in it, he asked a question. Have you ever given yourself the opportunity of going through just one day concentrating on totally accepting everyone and making no judgments? What, you mean the person who cuts me off in traffic? I'm not supposed to... I just accept them? Have you ever tried not keeping score of wrongs for one day? He adds, everything we think, everything we say or do, reacts on us like a boomerang. When we send out judgments in the form of criticism, fury, or other attacking thoughts, they're going to come back on us. When we send out only love, it comes back to us. I don't know, what do you think about that idea? The, the boomerang effect. Especially in relation to the idea that Jesus does not want us to judge other people. Maybe you're somewhere you're thinking, I'm, I'm still not sure about this. I'm still, I, I get the point of the parable, I understand what he said. So I'm going to look at some more verses, and this is take, come, takes place from what we often call the Sermon on the Mountain. When we say Sermon on the Mountain, most of us think of the Beatitudes, which is right at the beginning in chapter 5, but it's actually like three chapters long, 5, 6, and 7. So this comes from chapter 7 of Matthew, the first three verses, and again, this is Jesus teaching to a multitude. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? I have to be honest. <laughs> For the last several months, every time I am being judgmental, that verse pops up into my thoughts. Pastor Kevin, sometimes it usually just says Kevin. Kevin, why are you looking at that speck of dust in that person's eye and ignoring the plank in your own eye? Do not judge or you too will be judged. That seems pretty clear. I don't think Jesus really needed to say anything else, but he did. He wanted to explain further. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, will be measured to you. It kind of sounds like that boomerang principle that Dr. Jabkowski was talking about in his book. Everything we think, everything we say, everything we do is going to react back to us like a boomerang. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. What God cares about is how we relate with one another. How we relate to other people. Are we merciful and forgiving? Because God has shown his mercy and poured out his mercy and forgiveness on each one of us. Or are we judgmental and critical? Why do you look at that speck of sawdust in your brother's eye 
and pay no attention to that plank in your own eye. I think what Jesus is saying here is we need to look inward at our own motivations and our own feelings, our own emotions, just in case we're still struggling. I, I don't know. I, I think Jesus is, you know, I think God wants us and, and there's judgment and there's just in case we're going to the 12th chapter of John and here in this illustration, in this speech, Jesus is talking to a group of Jewish people and it says there's unbelievers and there's believers. So you have this mixed pe- group of people. Some are believing what Jesus says. Some of them aren't sure. It starts out in verse 46. Jesus says, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. I think we, we, we yeah, yeah, Jesus is the light of the world. That's why we light those candles to signify his, his spirit and the humanity, the incarnation. Jesus wants everyone who believes in him to come out of the darkness of the world. Let their lives be illuminated as they follow Jesus. He continues. If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. Wait a minute, that can't be right. That's what it says. If anyone hears my words, this is Jesus speaking, but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. Jesus, God in human flesh, in his own life and ministry while walking the earth, is saying, hey, if you hear what I'm saying, if you hear what I'm teaching, and you decide, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to judge you. And he continues on. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. When Jesus walked the earth, he said, I didn't come here to judge your world. I came to save the world. The birth, the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus is not about judgment. It was and is about love. God's love for the world. Bless you. The words of Jesus tell us his mission was and is to save people from the darkness of not having a relationship with God. And if that's the mission of ministry of Jesus Christ when he walked the world, why do so many of us good, faithful Christians feel like God wants us to judge other people. Jesus is ascended in glory, according to his word. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Guess what? He's still not judging people. We continue with that passage from the 12th chapter of John. Jesus says, There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. There is a coming a time when Jesus is going to come back to claim creation as his own. This new earth and new heaven that he's going to bring about. And that day he's going to call all people. All people are going to be called and come under judgment. Guess what? Jesus is going to take care of that. I don't have to worry about judging people. Jesus is going to take care of that when the time comes. God doesn't need our help. 
judging people. Our job is not to judge, but to help save the world. That's the mission Jesus has given us. He's given us as his followers. What Jesus wants us to do simply is to love people wherever they're at. Share that light and love of Christ. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Amen.